Where is the Ark? I thought we'd settled that. The Ark is somewhere very safe. From whom? The Ark is a source of unspeakable power, and it has to be researched. And it will be, I assure you, Dr. Brody, Dr. Jones. We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. to start 1936 archaeologist adventure indiana jones hired by the united states government to find the ark of the covenant before the nazis can obtain its awesome powers this is the second time i've done this intro oh god it's it's that goddamn goofy movie again gorsh my name is shannon young i'm gonna be your host tonight this is extras and epilogues welcome to the theater ladies and gentlemen let me introduce my co-host for the evening of course double h it's not the years shannon it's the mileage and the man himself, who we are not entirely sure didn't pick this movie just for Hunter's sake, Tanner Calvert. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love this movie. I love all the Indiana Jones movies, except... Indiana no, Jones. What that about, was the Joan Rivers version, if I remember correctly. Yeah. What about young Indiana Jones? Oh. No? Is that a no? It, it exists. No. No, young ah, young Indy is better than you're making it sound like. I haven't watched it since like it was new. Was that the yeah, one with the uh, was that the one with Gosling? Mm-mm. No, uh um, That was Young Hercules, my bad. Yeah, Young Hercules was Gosling. I don't okay, I forgot about I think that. They too. had different people playing it if I remember correct or playing him if I remember correctly. It definitely did not have um, Harrison Ford. <laughs> No, but they had they did have like Indy when he was older, and I forget who played him, but he was relatively famous too. Um, I didn't know that. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Yeah, he had an eye patch by then. Um, wow. Oh, what uh, George Hall? George Hall played him. Yeah. Here's Whoa, the, wow, that's here's age ninety three one. Yeah. Well, it says yeah. uh, Harrison Ford did play him at age fifty. I can only assume that it was uh, archive footage. You know what I mean? Like I, Either I that or it was a cameo. I mean, he certainly wasn't on the show all the time. That would be pretty fantastic uh, if he was Sean, on there. Sean Patrick Flannery did play, yeah, the, the yeah. younger one of the younger versions of Indy that did go on to be pretty famous. Yeah. All right, I take it back. I'm about to go back and give this a shot again. I it's on, it. uh, I think it's on Disney, yeah, if I remember it is. correctly. It's it is. I've seen it earlier. Yeah, yeah, I was I was a fan of it. I was. Uh, there's yeah. a, it's a good cl- uh, cast in there, including guest stars. While well, listen to this, Daniel Craig, Catherine Zeta Jones, Christopher Lee, Clark Gregg, uh, Peter Firth, Vanessa Redgrave, Elizabeth Hurley. Wow, Anne Hache, Jesus, this Fucking thing. Terry had, Jones. This kidding? thing had uh, Sean Pertwee and John Those Pertwee. TV shows like this did that, man. I mean, they they stuff Keith like David. this tend to get. A- pretty solid cast because i mean hell you think of like hercules and xena i mean they had that had a good cast too. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair, yeah. yeah yeah i used to these so, kind of shows were big for that i know we're going to talk about the movie uh raiders of the lost ark but i do want to mention it, since you bring it up i loved those shows back in the day all of them hercules xena i was yeah. a big fan of yeah. bruce campbell was on a lot of them and there was one he had mm-hmm. specifically i think it was called jack of all trades i believe it was called where he played America, Uncle Sam's favorite son or something like that. And it was also fantastic. Although I liked him more in the Hercules and Xena series where he played a thief. I can't remember his name. I, I absolutely adored Hercules. It's such a shame that Kevin Sorbo 
turned out to be such a massive piece of garbage because it it, it, really it hurts to go back and watch it. You know, it, oh, it makes man. it difficult. Sorry, I was looking up Jack of All Trades because I only vaguely remembered it. I vaguely uh, remember it's kinda it. Kind of like, st- kind of steampunky, but. <laughs> <laughs> the line from its opening from, uh, Wikipedia uh, article, Jack of All Trades was a half hour long syndicated action comedy TV series that ran for two seasons in the year 2000 alongside Cleopatra 2525. I was just about to bring that one up. Yeah. Yep. 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 It formed the back to back action hour. Oh, I forgot God. about that one too. God. Yeah. Gina, yeah, Gina Torres was in that so. one. Gina Torres yeah, was in that one. So. so it's the first time I ever God, saw her. Uh, she went on to, to greater success in Firefly and Serenity and, and she was in Suits, I right. think, and a couple other things. I, I, I'm now looking it up. And so the weird part about it is I don't know anybody else on the show except there is a girl on there named Victoria Pratt. I literally went to school with a Victoria Pratt and it, and I had a huge crush on her. That ain't her for the record. But now that I'm looking at the actress, go ahead and crush the crush button. It's fine. Anyway, tonight we're here to talk about Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark, released on <laughs> June 12th, 1981, directed by the great Steven Spielberg himself, starring Harrison Ford, Karen Allen, John Rice Davies. Rice? Reese? Never pronounced Reese. it correctly. I, sh- I should know that I have a friend named Reese that spells her name exactly like that. Paul oh, Freeman and Alfred Molina. Oh, you <laughs> I love that he gets like a headlining casting oh, no, in this okay. movie. To be fair, normally I put four people here, and it's usually the the four top build. Um, the the three, if you do three top build, it's Harrison Ford, Karen Allen, and Paul Freeman because that, of course, is Indy, um, Marion, and and Belloc. The thing about it is Paul Freeman is super unknown. Like other than playing Belloc, people don't know that guy. At yeah, I'm all. not, I'm not familiar so, with him. Yeah. So I, I feel the need to put John Reese Davies in there. Cause of course he's really well known outside right. of just Indiana Jones for playing Sala. Uh, but then it's also Alfred Molina. And it's like, well, you kind of got to put Alfred Molina up there, even though he's in the movie for a whole, you know, 15 minutes. Maximum. Doesn't matter. It's still Alfred so, Molina. So he's and, still on the credits. He's still built at the top. <clears throat> well, I mean, he's billed early. He's not at the top, but he's if you're oh, watching yeah, the film early. In the opening credits. He's early in it. The thing is, the, the the important note for him for this movie is it's his first film role. It's the first thing yeah. he ever did. Really? And the first and yeah, and the first day of filming uh, that he showed up for, the first thing they filmed with him is where he had all those tarantulas mm-hmm. on him, most of which were real. So. So he said in interviews, like I showed up, and they were like, "All right, we're putting spiders on you." So now that I know what I know, back then. If that if I had walked into the set and they said welcome to the Indiana Jones film lay downs we're gonna put some spiders on you uh, tarantulas I would have said no thank you and I would have gone back to back in groceries <laughs> and of course knowing what I know now I know tarantulas are absolutely harmless they are fragile right. AF so I would not yeah. fear a tarantula on me at all they they couldn't uh, or not couldn't get but the 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 they had mostly male tarantulas and they wouldn't do anything. Like when they put them on them, they would just sit there. They were so to get them to move around, they had to get a female tarantula. They put one, a fee, one female in there and that's what caused the other ones to at least just like walk around a little bit. That was it. That was the only reason they did anything. And what, know, like, <clears throat> if you sit back and watch the movie, all the animals are quote unquote dangerous. They're all like basic <clears throat> animals that people keep as pets nowadays. Yeah. Uh, well, except, you know, that hooded cobra that could very much have killed somebody. Oh, rappers definitely keep that as pets. <laughs> well, I wouldn't doubt it. And I guess well, like you, you could like have a Nazi. The te- in the in the temple, like when he Many people do. Him, when they when they climb down uh to find the ark, like they're showing the all that the asps 
And like it's just a bunch of boa constrictors slithering around. But well, I was gonna say yeah. So they they bought out. I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but um, this is gonna be one of those things where you and I both know a lot about this movie. They bought out a ton of local pet stores in the area where they were filming in Tunisia. So there's a bunch of like non-native snakes in there. Most of them are not asps. Like you said, there's a couple boas and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, a lot of them also, for what it's worth, are not snakes. It just cut up garden hoses. That's why most of them were not moving. <laughs> They just had to fill in space there. Spielberg was like, all right, put some of that. Uh, there are also, I didn't know this until today, there are a bunch of legless lizards in there, which I know you're going, a legless lizard? Well, fuck you, Hunter. That's just a snake. Um, <laughs> but, it's, but it's not. Uh, if you if you look closely, you can see some of them have ear holes, and that's the difference. Snakes don't have ear holes. Legless lizards do. Man, I have not looked into this movie nearly as much as you guys did. I was going <laughs> to watch it today, but obviously I was in Indiana. And That's how you did the thing. You yeah. tied it in. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> so I didn't get to watch the film. I do remember some of it. I really got to get better about this film. Uh, these films. Runtime of 115 minutes. Uh, budget versus box office. Normally this is pretty good. This is exceptionally good. $20 million budget. $390 million box office. Is that is that adjusted for inflation? It's, it's oh well it, no 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 but it is over time. So the gotcha. one of the, the main um what do you want to call it accolades that this this movie has is that it has uh, legs, as they say, like it's been around a long time. So when it was first released in eighty one, it stayed in theaters for over a year, uh, all the way to the point that they were putting it on VHS and they actually delayed the VHS so they could do a second theatrical mm -hmm. run, like a, a re-release in certain areas. Um, it's of course then been re-released on anniversaries. Uh, they re-released it in limited runs before they did uh, Crystal Skull years ago, and then of course Style of Destiny this year. Um, so all of that is basically it's overtime take. I don't remember what it was that it made in its first year, but um, just from the trivia, the 81 was a big time blockbuster summer. And basically this movie and Superman two were the two main ones. And I ended up being Raiders was by far the biggest uh, moneymaker of the year. But New York Times reported at that time that basically, especially in New York, like, but also across the country, if you went to the theater in the summer, what was happening was people would go to see Raiders and the tickets would be sold out and they go, okay, well give me one for Superman too. And if that was sold out then they'd go, all right, what else you got? I guess like, we'll just, I guess we'll just go home. <laughs> right. That's how people were seeing movies that, that summer was if I can see Raiders of the Lost Ark again, I will. I talked to my dad again today um, before we did this, because every once in a while I remember he has a connection to a movie. There is a, um, a theater that is still in New Madrid, the Dixie theater. It's uh, one of the biggest places that I did stand up back when I was doing stand up, And, um, Long before it became a performance theater, it was a movie theater. They it was strictly just they had screens, uh, or they had a screen and they they showed films. It was a, a one uh, uh, theater building, and my dad saw Raiders of the Lost Ark there six times Jeez. the summer that it came out. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things that you just go and it was so cool. He's like, all right, well, we're just going to come do this again tomorrow. And then went several more times over the course of that summer. Because I distinctly remember by the, the last time that we went, like I knew the whole thing. I knew it about front to back. Uh, um, the most the most times I've ever seen a movie in theater is twice. And that's I get, that's four films. I can tell you which ones they are. It's uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens, um, yep. Pokemon Detective Pikachu, uh, Wild Wild West, and Ghostbusters Afterlife, right? I think Afterlife. I'm not positive. I'm pretty sure. And oh, yeah, it, you do. Two of those movies, maybe three, 
I saw twice in theaters because I was dating somebody at the time and I had to watch it at a separate time as somebody else. So I went to the theater <laughs> twice and I specifically remember watching the force awakens and the first time they killed Han Solo, I was heartbroken. And the second time I'm just anxious going, get it over with. So I don't have to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Most recently I know we saw force awakens, um, Spider-Man no way home and, uh, afterlife ghostbusters afterlife. I know we saw all three of those, twice usually because there was a five dollar tuesday and it was like well if we're going anyway yeah let's do it again i never saw any i did see temple of the lost uh, no no i, I saw kingdom of the crystal, crystal skull in theaters i did see that in theaters and i liked it i i don't i don't hate it nearly as much as everybody else did okay um, so that's what i was trying to tell y'all before the show started i actually said i watched it again today and it is a lot better than i remember it's a good movie. It's not a bad movie. It's, it's a fun just movie. up against the other indie movies. It's the least good of those movies. Right. I'm not even going to say that. It now ranks above t- uh, Temple. No. What? For me. You just said Temple. He said it, it ranks now above ranks Temple. Above Temple. What ranks above Temple? I thought you were talking about Temple. They saw oh, Crystal I'm Skull. Yeah, Crystal Skull is better than Temple. Yes, we're okay, not, yeah. I'm not disagreeing this point. Oh, I, 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 I disagree you, on it. <laughs> I was, I was very confused. I disagree on it for no reason other than to be contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, King, King uh, Skull was really good. It's yeah, it's it's way better than than it gets uh, a rap for being. Yeah. Um, and again, Tem- Temple is too. It's just again up against the other movies. Basically, either of those up against Raiders or, or Last uh, Crusade is always going to be uh, a fight. Which I'm again, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Raiders was the first one, right? So it's Raiders, then Temple of Doom, then Last, then Crusade, Last Crusade, Crystal Skull, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and Dial, Dial Destiny. Destiny. Okay. And of course, chronologically, mm-hmm. that's not right because Temple comes before all of them. It's a prequel. So, Duh. I do love me some prequels. <laughs> um, critical reception on this movie, 15 minutes in. 93% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. This is how this show is going to be, ladies and gentlemen. These guys love Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark, so get ready for this. That's a 9.3 out of 10. 86 out of 100 on Metacritic. Universal acclaim. I think this is the highest rated movie we've reviewed here other than it possibly is. Barbie. I think Barbie's I, probably I the second put, highest one. I didn't put everything on here, but if you check the trivia, so Raiders was, it's in the National Film Registry. Uh, it was added in 1999. The Library of Congress has it there for, again, being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. I would say that this is probably all of them in oh some form or God. fashion. Um, it is on Roger Ebert's like best movies ever list. It is on the like hundred movies you need to see before you die list. It's typically at least in the top 100 of any list of movies. Uh, this is one of those movies that was a genre defining situation. Steven Spielberg has many times over called it his favorite movie of his, of, of his whole, you know, filmography, which is insane because he's made so much stuff and so much good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think what else came up there. Basically it is regularly cited as one of the greatest movies of all time. To me, and it's, I, I mean, this, to is, this like, is the this is the picture perfect if you when you talk about an adventure movie this is the one i always it. go back to this this <laughs> is an adventure movie i mean indiana jones alone inspired so many games so many characters um and to me this is the pinnacle obviously of the indiana jones series it was the first one too it just come out swinging and i i have not seen this movie in a long long time but i do remember as a kid again i was never as obsessed with indiana jones as some other people were but I did really like Indiana Jones. I uh, just, the idea of a whip swinging, you know, basically scientist historian going place to place. He's, he was tomb Raider before tomb Raider was tomb Raider. I mean, this was yeah. the guy, he was the guy. Yep. 
And I, I find very few faults with this film, which is going to make it really awkward when I give it two thumbs down simply out of spite to Hunter. <laughs> you know, the, the irony um, of this being such a, a transformative movie and being part of that big blockbuster revolution on the heels of Jaws just a couple of years before that. Uh, and like you said, inspiring so many other characters and, and uh, genres and stuff is that this was a movie that was an amalgamation of a whole bunch of other stuff before that. Just like Star Wars, Star Wars was, was Kurosawa. George Lucas' Flash Gordon and Kurosawa. <laughs> right. This was Lucas and Spielberg's uh, old radials, radio serials, like all the, the old cliffhanger shows. I mean, th- this is what that was, was, you know, tune in next time to see what will happen to the, but they just put it into, into one big movie and made an amalgamation character who summed up all of that stuff, and it just ends up. I mean, I can't discredit Harrison Ford in any way in, in terms of how big a deal this was because he is <laughs> Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like Lucas Spielberg came up with the character, wrote the character, directed the character. Great. But of all the other people who have ever been rumored to, to play this character, the main one who legitimately was cast at one point in time being Tom Selleck. Can you imagine Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones? I, I can. No, no, no. To be fair, I can. And that time period, especially, I, can, I don't think he would have worked Tom as well. Selleck as an action hero, not yeah. as Indiana Jones. I, That's I, the difference. I think I think because Harrison Ford got the role and he's so iconic, it kind of skews your view. But I think had Harrison Ford never played the character, I think Tom Tom Selleck, I keep wanting to say Tom Jones, could have pulled Tom it Jones. off. Um, I, I, also, I think he could have been good, but again, Harrison Ford was, at that time, he wasn't really he was, iconic. I mean, he was well known for Star Wars, but that was mostly it. It was really this movie that pushed him over the top with, okay, he can do more than just be that guy, than yeah. just be Han Solo. Even though he was still kind of Han Solo. Well, okay, I mean, that that's fair, but I I don't think it's a stretch to say that his Indiana Jones performance go over his Han Solo performance. Like, I, I, Indiana Jones is where he really started to shine. I, I think Indiana Jones is a better, it's his better character than Han Solo. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's well, a hot he's take. The leading man. Yeah. Well, even yeah, even. I mean, this is e- the leading character. Even if Han Solo was the leading character, I think Harrison Ford is so picture perfect built for Indiana Jones that yeah. I I don't think Han Solo could have ever been his better role. And I, th- I think yeah, I think the problem was too he had a lot of spite towards Star Wars. Oh, every I feel like everybody did except for Mark Hamill and maybe Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Alec Guinness was famously like didn't want anything to do with Star Wars really. Yeah. He was respectful, but he wasn't right. wasn't a huge fan per se. Um Well, even Carrie Fisher was by the time it was all said and done, not a huge fan of Lucas himself, wanted to do a bunch of different things. Mark Hamill did too, he was just quieter about it. Uh, you know, he went and did Broadway and He's and probably coked up. Things. After, after the fact, he was like, oh, no, Star Wars was great. Uh, who wants an autograph? You know, but for a little <laughs> while there, it was it was anything but like, I'm going to go be the Joker. And now I'm the Joker. And that's all you know me for. I think well, I, I, I can get that, though. I can just be known for one role and nothing else. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. Uh, I, I think <laughs> I, I think Harrison Ford especially seems like the kind of guy that does not want to do franchises per se. He very much yeah. has always struck me as a guy that does a couple of films and maybe even um, does a couple of sequels and then wants out. So I'm surprised that he did so many Indiana Jones films. I think he has a yeah, true love for that series. And I can of speak money. to it's part of that. Well, yeah, I was going to say I can speak to part of that. So he did uh, when I first started watching. There's a you guys know the YouTube channel Wired, right? Yeah. Wired yeah. magazine. And they have yeah. the they like to do the auto complete interviews and all that. 
Well, they have um, one. They've done this with several filmmakers and then several actors as well, where they go through their their filmography, like as a timeline. The first thing I ever watched from them, and I forget why, but it was one about Harrison Ford. I think it was leading up to uh, Dial of Destiny or when they first announced it. And so it was it was Harrison Ford going through his, his filmography, and he talks so lovingly about these indie low-key like really intense character driven dramas that he does the names of which completely escaped i'd never even heard of him had no idea that he'd been in them but they would show clips and he's incredible in these movies where he's just so like living in this this character's you know skin and then they would talk about you know a star wars or air force one even you know something that's not a not a um, um franchise and he would go, you know, people ask me how I got involved in this. And uh, and I say, you know, they, they brought me the pitch for the the picture. And, and I took a look at it and I said, yeah, it looks all right. You know, it's, it, how's the story? And then they would say, oh, we're working with this this director. And I would go, OK, how much? And, and then we would we would shoot the picture. That's it. Like, <laughs> it's so just like straightforward. He's like, yeah, you know, we did the thing. Um, but you could tell that that in talking about Indiana Jones, he did have more of a like reverence for that kind of character because again even though he is you know sort of an action hero he gets to do a little more with him than he ever got to really do with with han solo and i also i think it's important to note that like even though there are obviously legions of fans of indiana jones and he's a huge character he never hit the i mean he did hit the iconic status but he doesn't have the rabid nerd fan base that star wars does so people aren't lining up at you know airports to get his autograph as indiana jones i'm sure there are some but the star wars fans are relentless and sometimes embarrassing And on, on, uh, Star Wars is an ensemble thing, right? It's it's not about one character; it's about fourteen hundred characters, especially at this. According point. to the toys, um, every movie is a little different. Every story is a little different. There's all these things. Indiana Jones is very much. I mean, his name's other than Raiders. His name is right there in the title of every other movie, and then they retroactively change this one in some spaces to be Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, so it's really it all hangs on him. Every other character is just kind of there to supplement what it is that he's doing. And I think that's another big part of the reason why if you're if you're a kid and you're going to like this is a weird comparison, but if you're a kid and you're going to play Star Wars, everybody can be a thing, right? If you're a kid and you're going to play Indiana Jones, well only one kid gets to be Indiana Jones. <laughs> and one girl you can't gets all to be Indiana Jones. The girl gets to be Marion and then everybody else is a Nazi. Sorry kids. Not everybody else that's won. that's just the way it works. <laughs> Nazi or nothing just it that's also by the way the name of our new game show coming soon to puzzle 1985 nazi or nothing I you were gonna say, that was gonna be the subtitle of this episode no uh t- question, question shannon will there be illinois nazis uh i think there's always illinois nazis yeah there must be there must I be i hate illinois nazis <laughs> uh tanner since you are our honored guest on the show and you picked the movie tell us why this movie is so special to you so it's no, it is absolutely no secret how much of a fan I am of, of history and lost history and like that. Uh, not and a it, single Viking in this movie. It, it's not just about Vikings. It's, it is Indiana Jones was my gateway drug. That is the best way to put it. Um, I wanted to be him. I wanted to research the history that he was researching. I wanted to go out and find things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is, it is the reason why I am what I am. Um, so Indiana why, Jones like, to whenever you, you called Scott Walter the uh, modern day Indiana Jones, I kind of chuckled. Indiana Jones to you is what Fox Mulder was to me in making yes. me want to get I mean, involved yeah. in things. Yeah, yeah, honestly. <clears throat> uh, just and then the fact that like you go and research 
the research they did for these movies is insane. Uh, because a lot of the research, like when these movies or films are being made at that time, that those are the leading theories on some of these things that they're they're talking about, which is just insane. Um, there was working theories that Tannis was the location of of the Ark at one time at that point in time, and just it's it's so much fun. Just the amount of homework they did on these films to make it accurate. Which- I don't know if the Ark of the Covenant turns people into. <laughs> goo no i don't know i haven't seen it but so according to biblical legend it turns them into, it could turn them into pillar of salt so it could melt their face well it definitely there, did one or the other legends. they did uh pillar of salt did not test well with test audiences so they went with they the face that. melting they tried it yeah yeah we're gonna make yeah, it the scary i just wasn't there at that time oh well so okay since you brought that up i'll say this there's there's a few things uh when i was a kid that legitimately creeped me out scared me et was one of them famously the alien from that Star Trek episode, famously, and the face melting. I would always turn away at that part. Now I look at it with reverence, and I'm like, what a great effect. But at the, t- right. but at the time, I would look away because it really creeped me out. Well, again, it's not until Temple of <clears throat> Doom, because Indy does have a, a, a say in, or a place, I should say, in movie history for in film rating history you know it's temple of doom and gremlins that help end up creating the pg-13 rating this movie retroactively absolutely should be pg-13 um it almost was r and i'm glad you brought that specific section up because the those so the three guys who get destroyed the main ones that get destroyed by the the arc at the end tote and and uh belloc and and the other guy um dieter i think is his name anyway um you know, there's there's the various things. There's the face melting. The guys, one guy's head implodes, and then Belloc's just straight up explodes. <laughs> yeah. You don't see it very well because there's just this big wall of fire in front of him at that time. Uh, that was not the original cut. The original cut didn't have all that fire, and they blew that head up with a shotgun off screen to make it do that. Jesus, uh, it was too graphic, and the MPAA was like, "No, this is this is now rated R." And they went, "Oh, hang on, we need kids to come and see this because we got toys to sell." So, <laughs> Lots of toys. They, we want. The they kids to buy the whips. <laughs> they superimposed that big sort of curtain of fire over it, and they went, "Nah, you can't see it as well now." Gee, it is <laughs> damp. Or PG, I guess, is what it ended up being. So yeah. I had uh, I had a whip when I was a kid, specifically because of the Indiana Jones films. Uh, it was before Castlevania made it cool for me. I wanted a whip to be right. like Indiana Jones, so I'd whip a tree and try to wrap it around it so I could swing across. That that didn't work on so many <laughs> levels. Um, no. No. Plus, I had, a, I had like a little cheap ass Walmart whip that was about two feet long. Uh, <laughs> so you had to get real. You had to get right up next to me for me to whip you. You gotta get right up there. It's gonna look fake. Yeah, but but that movie was simply too good, Tanner. They gotta make money off of it. And they did. They made a lot of money off of it. Don't you worry about it. I wish movies like this were in the top spot instead of that goddamn Avatar. I hate Avatar. I can't describe to you how much I hate Avatar. For the longest time, what the, a, the top grossing movies in, in history were completely the top four um, for a very long time were totally dominated by George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. There was a period of time where it was Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jaws, Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. Good. And importantly, keeping in, in uh, like the, the running through line of that is not just Spielberg and Lucas. you got to give a little credit to Lawrence Kasdan. 
he was the screenwriter for this movie, which then put him as one of the screenwriters for Empire. Um, and, and again, he wrote literally two of the greatest movies of all time, basically. Um, and the, and the, certainly there was a lot of input, but, wasn't, you know. Wasn't Gone with the Wind up there for a while? Uh, when, with inflation, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, with inflation, but not yeah. not the individual. And it also, importantly, those four were at the top. I don't know if they were number one through four. I just know they were and the they were dominating the top section. And now it's dominated by James Cameron for the most part. Fucking Avatar, and I know for a uh, Titanic was on there Titanic. for a while. I call Titanic. it. I call it Titanic. Uh, it's yeah, an old. It's do. it's an old David Spade joke. If you guys remember David Spade, uh, <laughs> we yeah. don't. But <laughs> uh, you certainly shouldn't. But anyway, hey, who should? Uh, Dana. Oh no, I don't want to make any Dana Carvey jokes right now. Oh uh, yeah. Anywho, he's having a hard enough time. He is. I, this is a hard movie to do an epilogue for, simply because there's like fifty of them. Well, can I can I first briefly talk about why I like? Him so I think much? you've talked about this okay? enough on enough shows, Jesse. Power. Let him talk about this. All right. <laughs> Since you since you demanded I'm, nicely, I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna take a, a ton of time on this. Please do. Right. We're at thirty minutes. Well, that's okay. Well, I'd go all night. Um, oh, I go so all. And- <laughs> quite you. <laughs> I um. Th- so so this nostalgic November, right? And yes. when Tanner first brought up the subject of doing this movie, I was like, yeah, of course. You don't need a reason for me to talk about Raiders. Raiders is legitimately in my top five favorite movies of all time. I regularly cite it among stuff like Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future. Um, he was legit it's, shocked. It's that- you picked it. Yes, really? I really was. Yes. Like, I didn't. I. I mean, again, I, I know you like you know historical stuff and all that. I know that's kind of your jam, but I don't think we've ever really talked about Indiana Jones in any way. Um, and I've kind of always felt like if if I was on an island, you know, in the group, that was that. When it came time for the the uh, arguable entertaining episode that we did, me and Cody doing James Bond and Indiana Jones, I, I kind of was like, okay, I'm going into this on the back foot because I'm the only one who's like really kind of obsessed with this stuff. But the thing of it is, it is nostalgic for me, but it's only about 15 years nostalgic. I was born in 85. I grew up at the time that these movies were popular. This one only came out a few years before I was born. And yet I never saw a single one of these movies, a single episode of the TV show until 2009. I had to do the math today to figure it out. Uh, it was just a couple of years after I was out of college. Uh, Blockbuster and Cape had that deal where you paid your 15 bucks or whatever, and you can rent like one thing at a time as often as you want. It's like a monthly fee, basically a precursor to Netflix. Um, on a whim, I picked up Raiders. I hadn't seen anything. I was bored. I was by myself in Cape. Sarah was at home uh, in, in Kennett, and she had Parker with her. So picked it up, took it back to the apartment, watched it. Two hours later, I drove faster across Cape than I almost ever have before Blockbuster closed <laughs> so that I could get and paid extra so I could have two at a time because I wanted to grab Temple of Doom and, and Last Crusade. At the time, those were the only three that were out um, to watch the others. And then like a week later, because they, they were promoting them, about a week later, the DVDs, uh, they had like a box set that, that went on sale in preparation for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull the next year. And I, I wore them out, man. I, I just... It blew my mind that I hadn't watched these movies when I was younger because they fit so well into that, again, collection of your Back to the Future's Ghostbusters, Jurassic Parks. It is that, the that action. Yeah. yeah, the blockbusters, the action, the the epic drama, the, the comedy, all of that kind of rolled into one. That very much is my jam when it comes to movies. Um, 
And I have no, I have no idea. I have no idea what passed me up. I said that about toys earlier. I guess a lot of it was that where there were toys and stuff for those other things, Indiana Jones really didn't have a lot of that. There weren't a bunch of action really. figures and stuff on the thing. On the there, show. There, were, there were some um, out there, but the, like compared to star Wars, it was uh minuscule. It was nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nowhere near that. Cause I did have an Indiana mention, Jones toy. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I was, I think I was a little more sci-fi oriented. Cause again, I've, I've named dropped now what ghostbusters back to the future, uh, Jurassic park. Indiana Wars. Jones was in star Wars. And, and, Indiana Jones was not those things. I mean, it had some fantastical elements, but for the most part, like you said, it's it's a dude doing historical detective work, pretty much, uh, and and you know, punching Nazis in the face, and that's cool to me now. But at the time, I was like, he's just a guy. Like, I don't I don't get why I'm supposed to be into this. You thought he was a um, nerd. You thought he was a nerd bitch. Kind of. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Not so much the latter part, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did. I mean, I just I just fell in love with these movies. And so the next time that Sarah was up for the weekend, I was like, well, have you ever seen these? And she's like, no, no, you know, sat down and watched them. She's like, can we can we do it again? Can we watch the next one? Like, yeah, yes, we can. Um, and it just stuck, man. I don't I don't know. Ever since then, that that individual character, as much as I love all those other franchises, if I have to point to um, I mean, to pull back the curtain a little bit, we've we've talked about uh, doing these in addition to, to redesigning some of the PZ85 stuff, like adding avatars for all of us like animated avatars getting you know Lindsay to draw some some uh versions of us and we were like oh we should do them in the style of characters that we love didn't even begin to hesitate to put down indiana jones for myself i'm like i want the hat i want the jacket i want the whip um who did i get because i feel like it uh we want simon belmont for you if i remember correctly that's correct yeah yeah, okay. it seemed like at the time that was because we were whip uh, brothers. It's well, yeah, um, yeah, we compare whip sizes. And... <laughs> right. <laughs> you said earlier yours was two feet. Is that right? Uh, no, uh, when I was a kid. <laughs> As I got older, the whip got longer, <laughs> and it's harder to get it to straighten. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, these are these are movies that I can. I, I sat down and watched, like I, I always do. I sat down and watched Raiders earlier this afternoon while I was kind of uh, typing up notes on the side. I had to put my computer to the side. I couldn't do it. I not because I couldn't pay attention, but because I couldn't get my get myself to look away from the screen. Like right. I can watch this movie like Ghostbusters any time of day, any time of the year. Uh, if it's if it's on TV, like if I'm in a hotel and it's on TV, that's what we're watching. Um, it's a it's a comfort movie now, which is weird because again, nostalgic for me. Yeah, fifteen years is enough time to develop nostalgia. But it is. I was in my early twenties. I right. wasn't a kid when I first saw these, and it well, made me feel like a kid again. That's the you um, know what? I love that you said that because to me that is absolutely correct. And it's movies like that and Star Wars and Ghostbusters that yeah. take me back to that time, um, and that's why I love mm-hmm. them so much. That is the that to me that's the definition of nostalgia when it makes you feel yeah. like you did back then. Um, right. I think that's a good, also a good way to segue into our rating system, which for those of yeah. you who maybe this is the first time tuning in, or if you need a reminder, the way we do it, two thumbs up, you loved it. One thumb up, you like it. One up, one down. You like parts of it, but there are parts you don't like. You're neutral. One thumb down, you didn't like it. Two thumbs down, you hated it. Famously, I think only one movie got all thumbs down from everybody, if not two thumbs down, and we'll never let it go. It's Dog Soldiers, Neil Marshall. Dog soldiers. I'll never forgive him for it. Um... For this one, since I'm the least loving of this film, I'll go first. It's two thumbs down. It's absolute fucking bullshit. It's the worst <laughs> adventure film. No, it's unprofessional <laughs> bullshit. That's why no one so watches George Lucas or Steven Spielberg. Unprofessional. No, I, I mean, 
I'm waiting for a movie on here that I genuinely don't like other than dog soldiers. Maybe I'm just easier to please, but I really like Indiana Jones. I don't love it as much as everybody else, but it's an easy thumbs up for me. I, it's just a fantastic movie. It's fun. It's funny. It does have some romance. It's got action. I mean, this movie has it all. If, if you're looking for yeah. the quintessential adventure film, it's Indiana Jones, and this is the best one of oh, it. Oh, God, the score. We haven't even mentioned the, the, score. the fucking score. Yes. I mean, it's, it's um, uh, oh, my God, uh, John Williams. Yes. I mean, again, the almost King. everything that almost everything that we Sarah and I have seen at the, the St. Louis symphony orchestra, when they do the, the film scores has been John Williams. It was this, it was Jurassic park. It was star Wars. I mean, there's uh, a reason this was maybe one of the most exciting star Wars was great. Don't get me wrong. All of them were, uh, but this one has that, that fucking Raiders March, man, that, uh, that Indiana Jones theme, just as soon as it hits, you know, exactly what you're getting. And, Oh God, it's great. Again, I, I like you said, I think that's a good way to put it. Like, even if you don't, have any idea if you're going to like these kind of movies or if you're going to like this at all it's got a little something for everybody and it's hard to objectively look at it and go that's a bad movie yeah like it's it's i think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who could look at it and go it's not a good movie even oh, if you, uh, you don't like it personally i'm sure there's some asshole out there who really did give it a <laughs> thumbs down and said it's bad because <laughs> that's just what assholes do thank you microsoft defender summary you did not find any threats. I appreciate that. Let's, uh, appreciate that. Let's let's start off with uh, well, oh god, this is a hard one because you both love it so much. Who do we go to first? <laughs> Since Tanner's the guest, Hunter, let's go with you, and then we'll give Tanner a yeah. word. Yeah, I was I was going to suggest that. Um, I won't beat around the bush here. It's two thumbs up for me. Um, and again, I just gave a whole bunch of reasons why. But again, <laughs> it really is the kind of thing where if you've not if you've not seen it, I really encourage you to watch it. I don't do that as much as I used to. I try to encourage people to watch stuff that I like, sure, but a lot of times I, I kind of, with the people I work with, I can look at them and go, I don't know if this is going to be for you. I don't know if you're going to like it. It's going to make me sad if you don't in a lot of ways. Uh, Shannon knows how that feels. Yes, uh, I, I do. do. Yes, Sorry. you do. <laughs> it's worse now when I like something you didn't like as much, and then you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> um, but uh, But I really, this is one of those movies that, again, if it doesn't come out on top, because Ghostbusters is always going to be on top. Yes. It is constantly fighting for the number two slot. Like depending on what I'm feeling at any given moment, number two could be anywhere from Raiders to Ghostbusters to Star or to I'm sorry, Raiders to Star Wars to Jurassic Park to, to Back Tombstone. to the Future. Um, to Tombstone. Mm. Tombstone's almost always in that same rotation. Like it's up there too. Uh, yeah, I mean it's just when I when I look at it from that objective lens and compare it to all those others, it's that singular character that I just love that can even across movies later in the series that people didn't like as much that I feel like still can do no wrong. He's just always fun to watch playing that role. Um, yeah, no, it's two yeah. thumbs up for me, and, I, and I, if, I, if I say any more, I'll be here all night. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned of uh, you talked about it earlier the inter, arguable entertaining that we had where you and Cody went one on one. Indiana Jones yeah. versus James Bond. And I ended up giving the nod to Cody. It was a hard, hard fight. But in talking about the films, I kind of realized that I love so much about James Bond as a character, but less so about the films. Because there's only one James Bond film that I truly love, and that's Goldeneye. Yeah. Like, I love Goldeneye. That's one of my favorite movies. Sure. Every other James Bond film, especially like the Craig era, are really good, but I don't have an attachment to them like I right. do with Goldeneye. I think Indiana Jones is easily the better movie series simply because they had less movies to be 
bad. And Bond, which I think is how I won that point, if yeah, I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> when Bond's good, he's great. But there are so many Bonds that are boring bad. or bad. Yeah. And and yeah. Indiana Jones has never hit that point. All whether you dislike Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or Dial of Destiny, I mean, you can't deny that they're fundamentally good films. And uh, for the record, I wish you would pick a movie that you love that I don't, just so I could throw it in your face. But when you pick films like Raiders of the Lost <laughs> Ark, I can't be a liar. Okay. I didn't pick this one. Well, let's go he to the did. man that did, the man himself, him. Tanner Calvert. Let's hear your rating. Uh, so I've been on what four of these now? Three of these. Uh, Evil Dead, Four, Friday the Thirteenth. I did another one, didn't I? I think it feels so. like you must have. I'll figure it out. Keep yeah. talking. I'll let you know. I've never given a two thumbs up, but Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch. So this is yeah. four. This is number four. Oh, did I give Blair Witch? I don't think I gave no, Blair Witch. No, I think you gave it one. Surely not two. I think we all gave it one. Yeah. yeah. So between the score, the story, the acting, the effects, everything about this film. Thumbs up. That's my first one. Two thumbs. Important. Uh, I, and, and it's like, like Hunter says, like my top film can kind of bounce around day to day. Depends on what kind of mood I'm in right now. I'm in very much in that Indiana Jones mood because I'm going through all my Masonic stuff right now. And uh, I've been talking to Scott Walter and get him back on the show. Stuff. We're working on. <laughs> okay. We legitimately Scott Walter, one of our favorite guests that we've had on. I still brag about him to this day. Uh, love Scott Walter. Would love to have yeah. him back on again. So, all right. So, in the epilogues part of the story, again, it's hard to do an epilogues for Indiana Jones because this was followed up by what four more movies. So, but but importantly, again, the second one that was released into the theaters is a prequel. Temple a prequel. of Doom takes place before this movie, so right. you don't really get a follow up of this movie until Last, Last Crusade. Day. Well, in that case, uh, you well, don't how- find out what happens in between those two movies until Kingdom of the Skull. That's true. Well, I'll hand it over to Hunter then, if you have an epilogue you would like to start out with. Well, so, okay, I do we don't have to go through the entire recap of the, the ending of this, but at the end of this movie, and importantly, <laughs> I think instead of an epilogue, I kind of want to talk about this, because I didn't know about this until today. Um, not to just totally issue the format, but so at the end of this movie, they're on the island in the in the AGNC, the, the guys, the Nazis and Belloc open up the thing. Andy tells Marion to close her eyes, which again, there's a deleted scene that explains why, if you ever wondered, I, it never even occurred to me why he would know that. But, um, when they, when he and Sala have the, the one guy explain the, um, the medallion, that's the, the top of the staff of raw. There's a, a cut part where he explains that part of it says, you know, if the arc is open, don't look into it. Basically. Um, that would have so been an important part to keep. They, I think they tried to play it off as Indy knows better anyway. He never wanted to get it to open it. He wanted to get it to put it in a museum. And well, so well, he even, knows if they try to open it, shit's going to go poorly. Well, even biblically, uh, the story of the Ark, uh, that no one who was unworthy right. should look upon it when it's over. Right. Yeah. And that's that's a, a thing. That's that the pillar of salt. In the beginning. So they, they open it. Terrible stuff happens. They get it back. They send it to the... the um, and to me, I, if I'm guessing, I've got it. We didn't really talk about like favorite parts of the movie like we do sometimes. But Shannon, this has got to be your favorite part right at the end when the the you know G men say uh, we've got top men working on it, pushing it into a giant warehouse. That's just the X Files, man. X Files, yeah. That's, that's just it Indiana is. Jones version of the X Files. Yep. It is. It is Area 51. Yeah. Well, we find that out later. Yeah, know, but it, it turns out it is. Yeah. Oh wow. At the very beginning. That must have. Yep. Th- yeah. That that must have eluded me. Uh, I didn't know that. Wow. That's cool. Because that that specific crate <laughs> is shown 
in the the warehouse at the the in the opening sequence of of Kingdom, which so, means, at the very <laughs> least, wherever they put it at the end of this one, if it was in Area Fifty One, it was eventually moved to Area Fifty One. Right. I, I I love that yeah. the government is just like, hey, we got the Ark of the Covenant. What do you want to do with it? Ah, throw it on some boxes back there. We'll boxes get to it. it we'll get to well, it. That's, that's actually like, he's talking about the. What, and how? Yeah. And what do they say? Where, where's the Ark of the Covenant? What they what their answer was? They got top men to study it. Yeah, okay, who, who's working. your top? Who's your top men? We've got top men working. They just keep repeating top it. Okay, top yeah. men. Fox Mulder and yeah. the cigarette smoking <laughs> man. <laughs> so, so again, I didn't know this was a thing until today. Um, and, and it makes me even sadder that it was apparently first brought up in the Big Bang Theory. But evidently, there's an episode of that show where there was one of the characters like postulates that Indiana Jones is oh, a worthless character. Damn it, Hunter! And I was like, wait, what? And and yeah, sure enough, basically the theory Bazinga. that they throw out, and then some guy, some guy from Esquire, then wrote like a whole essay about it that everything in this movie, Indiana Jones is not important for to be there for it to happen, that everything in the movie would have happened anyway, had he not been there, that it basically he accomplishes nothing, that if his presence is none completely of it. eliminated, the Nazis go, they still go to, to Mary and they still get the staff of the headpiece. They still eventually find the well of souls. They get the Ark of the covenant. They open the thing. It kills them all. Nothing changes. That fundamentally doesn't make any sense. Number one, Marion's dead. If Indy's not there because they were willing to torture and kill her. I mean, Tote says specifically we're past that frow line. Like when she says, I'll tell you where it is. He was going to kill her. He had no qualms about killing her. So she's dead completely. If that happens. Secondly, just because they open the arc and it kills the guys there in that moment, doesn't mean that somebody won't eventually figure out, Hey, what if we opened it, but kept our eyes closed? Yeah. (laughs) Like, the other, there are more Nazis, man. They're going to pick this thing up. They're going to figure out what happened. The only thing that really freaked me out, which by the way, I did not notice until today uh, when I rewatched it, no matter how many times I've seen this movie after in, in the wake of all the, the arc uh, stuff, when, when Marion and, and Indy do open their eyes, number one, their, their bonds are cut, right? Which is interesting. Apparently it felt the need to let them go. Um, it also, all the bodies are gone in my head. All those bodies were always there on the ground. The bodies are gone did so they, i guess did they melt to nothing them? maybe but again remember the soldiers don't get melted they get shot through the stomach with that lightning and then they collapse yeah i think when they do that because they do that reverse shot where like everything kind of swoops back into the, oh, the arc, in. i think it just consumes them yeah, yeah that makes sense um so while it's not really an epilogue for this movie specifically uh i i do I do think number one, it's a bullshit theory and it's stupid. Yes. Uh, b- because again, eventually those two things still happen. If Indy's not there, he accomplishes a lot more than they're giving him credit for. Um, number two. And I hope that Tanner's going to touch on this when I give him the, cause he sounds like he's got an actual thing to do again. Touch on it. We know a little bit about what Indy does in between this and, and the next film where he appears, which is last crusade because of kingdom. We know basically where he ends up eventually, the question really is, how does he get from here to the war? Um, and I, I really hope that's what Tanner's going to talk about. So I'm going to leave it to him there. Tanner, touch on it. So touch I mean, touch it a little bit. Touch it a little bit. Y'all, y'all make sure. Get, get close to it and touch it. Get close to it. Touch so, on it. Touch eventually, it. Eventually, <laughs> he and Marion stay together for a little. Okay, get away anyway. from it. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, weird. Dalton just orgasmed. 
<laughs> or turned off the podcast or both or both. He got, so, what he needed. Yeah. I mean, the, the obvious answer is him and Marion stayed together for a little while to the point where she got knocked up and he just kind of disappeared with much. Right, not they knowing it married. We know they didn't married. get married because they didn't get married until later. So, yeah. so he goes off to do Indiana things. Uh, just Indiana things. My favorite. Just Indiana. <laughs> and hey, if you're in New Harmony, Indiana, make sure you go to tonight's sponsor, uh, Black Lodge Roast Coffee. Best coffee I've had in a long time. Go ahead, Tan. They don't know us this well, man. They liked my status. Because <laughs> you tagged them. I had to. <laughs> you're rich. <laughs> what? <laughs> you have to. Uh, you know that's always one of those things I've always wondered how he did get involved in the world because I mean the man was a straight up spy by the time I mean he had a pretty high rank didn't he I forget what they ended up saying his rank was yeah Um, I I literally just finished I started but anyway um, he's a a colonel yeah he's a colonel he's the colonel a colonel not the yeah Uh, he's a colonel with the military, uh, and he like he spies. Like he talks to Mick about how, or him and Mick talk about how when they were in Berlin, they they were double agents. You know, he was like he was a captain in the Belgian army in World War One, and then a colonel in the U.S. Army in World War Two. So he's literally OSS army officer. Man. I don't think I, that's such a throwaway thing that happens in that movie. And I, 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 again, I only watched Raiders in preparation for this. So yeah, I, that's I'd kind of forgotten that that happens. That's ins- like, that's something that, oh man, I wish we could have had some kind of, even if it was part of like the young indie series or, or some kind of TV series or something, audiobooks or, or actual novels about his life in between Raiders and, uh, uh, last crusade, last crusade. I I want to know more about his father. Well, shit. I should have watched it more carefully, man, because, I mean, I've only watched a few episodes of the the Young Indie series that we were talking about at the very beginning of this, but there it is. The bulk of the series centers around a young adult, Indiana Jones, and his activities during World War I as a 16- to 17-year-old soldier in the Belgian Army and then as an intelligence officer and spy seconded to French intelligence. Wow. So there you go. If you want to know what happens, it happens right there. Uh, the real question is again, what did he do in World War II specifically? Because we only yeah. get brief mentions of it at the beginning of Kingdom. Okay, yeah. So let's let's so a lot of the stories that we see of him, I don't know about uh, Dial. I haven't got to see it yet. Uh, oh shit! I didn't know that. Which it That's is good. coming to. It's coming to Disney Plus on December first. Oh, nice. I'm watch uh, that again. So yeah, I will be watching that on December first. But like um, Kingdom, yeah. a lot of the story from Kingdom takes place during his time as a spy and during World War II. Uh, and and subsequently, years after that. No, no, years before that, because he's apparently brought in on the Roswell crash. Oh, that's, yeah. that's 1947. Yeah. It was a little after the war. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, those are interesting stories that I want to hear about. I, I also, yeah. really quick, would call into question whether or not young Indiana Jones is canon. Considering that I'm reading about it right now, and they're talking about how he it reve- it's revealed he has a daughter, grandchild, and great grandchildren, but no mention of a son, and that could just—I mean, you could probably flavor that. It, well, I don't want to say anything I, because of I know, Dial of Destiny. I know enough about Dial 
that he uh, might just not want to uh, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you can flavor that. You can flavor that. But then, I mean, then again, this is also a series that came out 30 years ago and they've made two movies mm-hmm. since then. So maybe, it's, maybe, it's, maybe up until, uh, Crystal Skull. It's canon. So, so here's, here's what might change all of that. The stuff with George Hall playing the 93-year-old version of, of Indy, um, when they eventually re-released this stuff for the DVD, it mentions at the end of this, and I didn't know this, uh, Lucas had gone through and he, because Lucas was in charge of, of the, the TV series instead of Spielberg, um, he went through, removed the introductions, re-edited the episodes into being like chronologically ordered, like feature-length deals, and changed it to the adventures of young Indiana Jones. So all that stuff about his family and what happened to him later on, all that got left on the cutting room floor. Oh, Which means now it is just chronological of here's what he was doing when he was in World War One. I. I wonder if they got rid of the uh, Harrison Ford cameo, because it looks like he was in one episode legitimately. Yeah, at I could see 50. that. Yeah, because I, I suspect that probably came in during the intro or the ending, and he probably interacted with with George Hall in some way. Um, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I really kind of want to take the time to sit down and watch that. I got so much other stuff to watch though. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to. Now I'm curious. I'm gonna start doing the research. Maybe there is some kind of of, of audio stories or audio stories or even books out there for. I uh, dude, I mean, th- this series. I know we've we've already kind of harped on the topic, but like, it's not just movies. It's it's a series. I mean, hell, I've got the one compilation book of the the films behind me back here. It's books. It's comic books. It's uh, audio stories. It's the TV series. For all it feels like, it's just these five movies, and that's it. Especially when you compare, like I was in arguably entertaining with with Indiana Jones, which is so. I mean, uh, uh, James Bond, which is so many books and so many films and games and all that, like. Indie still got a pretty solid breadth of, of stuff. There's a couple of really great indie games that kind of get, uh, that sounds weird. Indie games, Indiana Jones games, um, and they <laughs> kind of get passed over staff of raw and, uh, um, Oh God, there's another one. That's the name has escaped me. I think King is no emperor's tomb. Emperor's tomb is supposed to be really good. If I remember correctly. Um, I've never got a chance to play him because again, I wasn't into this when I was a kid, but, uh, it, it seems like something they've done a pretty good job of keeping, uh, in, in, order and and not like constantly contradicting itself yeah um and the only indiana jones game i ever played for the record was the super nintendo one which is fantastic by the way it's it's in the same vein as super star wars uh so really really good but okay well all right did we do it i think think we we did did it. it i think we did it uh we did the thing thing. indiana jones is it, it, it is man it is it is such an iconic series and it's one of those ones that is timeless and it makes me mad and it makes me sad. You'd think that I would have had more joy in the fact that the dial of destiny didn't do as well because Hunter and I have this, we disagree about films sometimes and sometimes it gets personal, but, but I, I am so, uh, I was so upset that dial of destiny did poorly at the box office for no reason at all. Like it it, it was, it's baffling. And it was upsetting. It's one of those things where people are like, hey, we're tired of sequels, so we're going to make this bomb on purpose, even though some people probably want to watch it. Or And the fact that maybe it's a good movie, I don't know. Well, then, then, it's, the same, I mean, it's the same thing that's happening to the Marvels right now. And then Avatar well, Way of Water comes out and makes $45 billion a day because people, oh my God. Well, not not to make it, not to, to completely derail us at the end of this year, but... Uh, 
part of that is where is the movie making money? Avatar makes a ton of its money overseas. Indiana Jones right. is never going to have the overseas appeal that that does. Right. Um, and that's all I want to say about that. And as specific as I'd like to be. Yes. Um, I think that's wise. Uh, that, that that's, that's the bulk of it. I really think, but there's definitely something to be said too, for just going to the movies is harder nowadays. It's more expensive. People don't feel comfortable there. They don't feel safe there unless you're going to specific places. I mean, again, I have told you guys a couple of times and I've said it on this show as well. I'm not going back to a theater that is an Alamo draft house. I'm not fucking doing it. Alamo draft house has been an incredible experience going to the one in St. Louis. It's always super nice. It's always super quiet and respectful. It's comfortable. It's just a great place to be. And if I'm paying extra for it, well, that's fine. At least I'm getting what I want out of the experience. That's who we need to get to sponsor the show. I would oh love God, to work please. with Alamo Draft House. Oh God! Yeah, I, I, I never, I've never gone. I want to go to Alamo Draft House. I'm thinking Ghostbusters. I'm thinking yes. I'm going to do it there. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that we there. All should do it there. I, I, agree, I agree with, with that statement. Yeah, I, I grab agree. a grab a back row and just go for it. It's oh. coming out in the the spring anyway. Oh yeah. Oh baby, yeah. I'm so excited. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. The balcony is closed. Thank you, Tanner. Thank you, Hunter, of course, for coming in. Thank you, Shannon, for making it on time an hour or two late. And (laughs) we'll see you guys tomorrow on an all-new After Dark. It's the No, it's not the last After Dark. What day is this? What is this airing? So today is Monday. This is airing on Wednesday. Tomorrow. Are we doing plays? uh, Well, then be previously, we will be doing plays. And then that's the last thing we're doing for the week. But the last after dark of this month for November is next week. Okay. Well, this Thursday is Thanksgiving. Go back and listen to last night's episode of plays. Wow. What an adventure we had. I couldn't believe those things that happened happened. It's insane. The dice rolls. (laughs) Am I right? All right. Thank you. They were unbelievable. We'll see you next week. Good night.